Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, I believe it's verse 2 or 3, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Jesus Christ, for the joy set before him, endured the cross for you and for me. You are that joy. The thought of your salvation, the thought of your eternity with him. That's why we can sing his burden, my burden gladly bearing. It was for joy. It was for you that he died on the cross. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. We'll be looking at verses 28, 29, and 30. I'm really excited about our text today. Um, sometimes, you know, you begin to pray about, Lord, what is it, what is it you would have me to preach? And, and, I, and I kind of settled in on a very common text, uh, one that I've fallen in love with over the years, a text that I've used often at bedsides not really knowing the direction the Lord would take me. And I began to read sermons and began to read commentaries. And, and I found something I've never seen before in this text. And I became very excited. See, I love it when I read a scripture and I've read it over and over again. And, and, and all of a sudden it speaks to me in a new and a fresh way. And so I'm excited about what I believe the Lord has for us today. It's a common scripture. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We've often repeated these memorable words and quoted them. I Just this week, standing beside... Uh, Someone who is facing surgery quoted this scripture. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we find peace in this scripture, don't we? It, we find rest for our souls, even in just reading this scripture. But this morning, I want us to consider the two rests that are mentioned in these verses, these three Short verses. Let's start by considering this first rest. The first rest begins with an invitation. Come. Come, all who are weary and burdened. To the wanting heart, he says, Come down, Zacchaeus, for today I am going to your house for tea. He invites us to come and have a relationship with him. To the wandering heart, he says, come and see, as he did to John and Andrew. Could it be true? Is this the one, the promised one? Come and see. And he says to our heart, come and see. Come and see. See that the rest is good. Come and see. To the weary heart, he says, come to me. To whom is this invitation directed? Well, of course, it says all who are weary. Not just to the chosen among you. Not just to the sincere of heart. Not just to those of you who are willing to work hard and dedicate yourself to a religion. 
No, he says all who are weary. The invitation is extended to all mankind, to you and to me. You see, the truth is all of us face burdens in life, don't we? How many would testify to the fact that I have been burdened and weary and am heavy laden? How many would just raise your hand? That's me. I can testify to that. I I can relate to that. Well, a few weeks ago, I was uh, with my grandchildren. We had the privilege of uh, being with them on Thursday. That's my day off. My wife watches them four days a week, and, and Erica watches them one day a week. And, and uh, we have the privilege of uh, just being. And I love when my grandkids come over. You know, I make fruit roll-ups and, you know, all kinds of neat things for them and just love when the kids are there. And we happened to go somewhere, and then we stopped at McDonald's to eat something. And, and of course, McDonald's is a great place because they can go play, get all their energy out. And, and uh, so we went there. And while we were at McDonald's, this sign was uh, in the room. And Aubrey, who's five years of age, she's learning how to spell. And she's really quite proficient. And, and so she spelled R-E-S-T-R-O-O-M-S. And she said to me, Grandpa... What does that spell? To which I replied, Aubrey, what do you think that spells? And she answered, I don't know, this way or that way? (laughs) And that's how the world approaches the big questions of life. Can we find rest for our souls? Is it true? And the world answers, I don't know. Look this way or look that way. And yet God has written his answers for us in his holy word. And Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come. Rest from what? Well, Romans tells us that all have sinned. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we have this overwhelming burden that we're, we're born with. You might say, Rex, that's unfair. Well, it's our predicament. Because of Adam's sin, all have sinned. And, and we are in need of a Savior because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then we get... We grow up and, and we begin to maybe take some of the sin on ourselves. And it starts out with a, a little white lie. And then we tell another lie to cover up the little white lie. And then we begin to cheat a little bit. And, you know, once we tell one lie, it's easier to tell another lie. And, you know, if I tell a lie, I don't get in trouble. But if I tell the truth, I get in trouble. And so it's easier to lie than to tell the truth. And, and before we know it, it becomes a pattern with us. And if we're not careful, careful, it can become habitual for us. When I thought of this idea, it was a great idea. <laughs> but as I began to practice it, I realized it was going to be a lot harder than I thought. You know, we come to that age of accountability, and we not only realize that we're born with our sin nature... But we realize what Romans 6.23 is true. The wages of sin is death. And so we're overwhelmed with the burden 
And it seems unbearable and difficult for us to carry. This is our predicament. All have sinned. We're tempted by the world. 1 John 2.16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. We're bombarded by images of the world. There's no longer any clear moral consensus in our society. You're the only plumb line that is left in those who follow Christ and are His salt and light in the world. We're tempted to covet things. There's the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And if we're not careful, it can have grabbing control over our lives. And if we're not careful, we will compromise our health families, our integrity, to receive something that is just temporal and fleeting. Cash or credit. Happy now or happy later. Why is it that we we settle for short-term happiness over long-term happiness, and yet it's the lust of the flesh, it's the pride of life that drives us to spend more than we can afford? Oh, there's nothing wrong with buying a new car. But if we're spending more than we can afford to spend, and it becomes a habit for us, and we find ourselves in bondage to our greed, to the pride of life, to the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. It can become overwhelming to us, and it can become a burden that's hard for us to bear. Far too often, we listen to our heart, and, and we allow our heart to make the decisions, and we ask our mind to justify why we've made the decision we made. So the guy, this really doesn't work. <laughs> I was thinking I wouldn't have this mic, and I could put this over my shoulder. <laughs> anyway, so the guy um, compromises, or a young lady compromises, and, and they convince themselves it's okay to live together because they're doing it for financial reasons. An alcoholic tells themselves they can stop anytime they want a business person tells themselves that they could reduce their travel schedule, but they, if they did, they would not be able to make all their payments and make all their obligations and wouldn't be able to meet all their needs, and, they're avoid, and the fact is they're just avoiding problems at home. The decisions of life, some which are moral, some which are ethical, begin to pile up. And the burden of life... And the choices that we make, shame and guilt sets in. And we're overwhelmed with the guilt that we feel. We're overwhelmed with the burdens that are hanging all around us. Some of the choices we've made, some is the reality of our predicament. So we, we grab another weight, and that weight is religion. And we try to justify our lives by being good. We try to justify by serving 
If I do enough good things, I can outweigh the bad things. One night I sat up late at night with a good friend of mine after I became a Christian and we were talking about things of faith. And he said, Rex, don't preach to me. We can always be friends, but don't preach to me. And I, and I, and I tried not to do that. But he had this idea, you know, every bad thing I ever did, if I do something good, it balances out. And it's an overwhelming burden on us. And Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am humble and meek, and you will find rest for your soul. You see, the burdens are lifted from us when we say, come to this first rest. This first rest is the rest of justification. Come to me who are all burdened with your sin, with your guilt, with your shame, and cast it on me. And I will give you rest. That's the first rest. The rest of justification. So many times I've seen people get up from an altar of prayer and they say, Rex, Rex, it's as if it's if the load has been lifted from my shoulders. And it has. For your sins have been thrown as far as your east is from the west. And God has given you a new beginning, a rest for your soul. Your sins are washed away, and you are white as snow. And Jesus says to us, come, come all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come, leave your your legal labors, leave your self-reliant efforts. Come, leave your sin, leave your presumptions, leave all in which you have trusted, and come to Jesus. Come. Place your burden upon the altar. Give them to Jesus today. Give them to Jesus. Lay them down. Accept His free gift of salvation that He offers to each of us. And enter this first rest. And sing with me that song, My Burdens Have Been Lifted at Calvary. Would you sing that chorus with me? My burdens are lifted at Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. My burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Can you testify that to that this morning? that your burdens were lifted at Calvary, that you've entered into this first rest, that you've accepted His free gift of salvation. If so, sing with me like you mean it. My burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. My burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. He's near. He's here this morning. And He wants to give you that rest. Rest from your sins. Rest from your burdens this morning. Second, I want us to look at this second rest. The Scripture says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. The second rest. 
The second rest really is about our entire sanctification. It's about God's Holy Spirit working in us to complete in us that reason for which we were created. You see, when we take on His yoke, His burden is easy. For this we were created to do. I read a sermon this week by Charles Spurgeon. It was written, I believe, in 1871. And he gives an illustration in there that I think helps us to understand this rest. It's an illustration of a stream, a small stream that flows through a village. It's beautiful and majestic, and and it flows through and waters the plains, and, and the village kind of grows, and so they need... They need flour, and they have all this grain, and they're making the grain and turning it to flour with a stone, and they decide to put in a mill. And they put in this mill, and, of course, the water then is used to turn the great wheels of the meal. And they're able to make flour from the grain. And then the city begins to grow larger and larger, and a factory moves in, and and the factory uses some of the resources from the stream to, to produce what it's producing. And before long the inhabitants grow and grow and grow, and the little stream gets polluted. And it's so polluted that it's a stench to all those around it. It's a stench to itself. It can't bear even to be around itself anymore. Well, a Savior comes by, and he builds a dam, stops the water upstream, and the water rests, and it clears up, and it's fresh, it's clean, it's new. But you see, the water was never meant to be at rest. And so it's unhappy and it's trying to find a way around this dam, trying to get out, trying to peek over. But it's stuck there. And the water becomes stagnant. And moss begins to grow on top of it. And it begins to stink. For it's not what it was meant to do. Then the Savior comes by and he's trenched a little trench for it to begin to make its way out and he opens the dam and the water begins a new path of life. Watering the plains, fields of the farms, and it's happy again. Why? Because it's doing what it was created to do. You see, we enter this second rest when we surrender ourselves to the will of God in our lives. You see, we wrestle so much with the things of this world. Our souls, you see, are made for activity. And when we're set free from the activities of self-righteousness and slavery from our sin, we begin to realize the opportunities that are before us in service to our King. The rest in the second part of this text is found in the rest of service. It's also found in the rest of the cross. Jesus says, take up my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, we enter this second rest when we voluntarily serve beside the Lord. When we take on his yoke. When we voluntarily do the work of the king. And we do it with joy. Out of a heart of gratitude for all that he's done for us. It's natural that we would do this. And it makes sense. You know, sociologists have done a lot of studies over the years. But one of the ones that was kind of intriguing to me 
So they took children and they asked them to draw art. And of course they drew all kinds of pictures and, and they loved to do it. And they would bring that piece of art into a room and if the teachers just would admire it and appreciate it, then the children wanted to do more. If the teachers didn't even acknowledge it, then they wouldn't want to do any, any more. Well, they would have this one set, this one teacher she would admire and they would observe these students and they would bring in their art and, and they would want to do more and more artwork because the teacher just loved it so much. So that, since they loved it so much, they decided they would pay the students. We'll give you 10 cents for every piece of artwork you turn in. Well, the students at first thought this was a great idea and they began to do more and more artwork. But after a while, they quit doing it because, see, they lost the joy in doing it. Before they did it because it made the teacher happy. But now they were doing it and it was work. They were getting paid for it. The first had an intrinsic value to them. The other had an extrinsic value to them. They were getting paid for their work. Well, it's the same. You see, we come to this place of rest when we surrender ourselves to God willfully. When we voluntarily say, Lord, whatever comes, I will serve thee. Look through the good, the bad. You see, we find rest for our souls when we quit battling with the things of time. And we focus on the things of eternity. There's a second rest here, and it's found in our sanctification. As we voluntarily give ourselves for the work of God. And we allow his Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us in life. I've never seen this before this way, but I do see these two rest. The first being justification. The second being as we surrender ourselves to the Father. I guess Matthew put it best in Matthew 16, 25. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You see, it's when we give ourselves to the service of the King. When we're willing to put on a towel around our waist and serve one another, that we begin to find the reason for which we were created. You see, we're created for so much more than self. God has lavished his love upon us, and he's created us to lavish his love upon one another, upon the world. And that happens as we put the towel of service around our waist. But we must also be willing to take up the cross and follow Jesus and bear the burdens that Christ bears. Things that break the heart of Christ should also break our heart. We should bear the burdens that Christ bears. We should be willing to take up our cross. And in doing so, we will, even though we are carrying the cross with Christ, our burden will be light. For we will find rest in service and we will find rest even in our suffering. You see, the scripture says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And Jesus as our example helps us to understand what that means. Take up my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Rest through learning. 
as we sit at his feet and as we begin to understand his love and his grace and his mercy, we can begin to rest in his presence, rest in our future, rest in all that God has for us. How does that happen? How do we learn? Well, we learn through the reading of his word. We learn through being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and allowing him to guide our lives. But he points to other things here. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You see, the gentle, the meek spirit seeks the good of others. It denies itself and expects nothing in return. You say, Rex, that's not me. It's not me either. But you see, as I submit myself to the Lord and as I take up his yoke upon me, and as I learn from him, he begins to mold and to shape me into his image. And you know what? His yoke is easy. His way is not only good, not only right, it's easy. Because we can put our confidence in him. And then Colossians 3.23 makes perfect sense to us. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for your human master. You see, we work for God and, and not for man. And when we put life in that perspective, the yoke becomes easy. Wait, 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 wait. That was unfair. It was unjust. Well, wait a minute. You don't work for them. You work for God. It changes everything. The humble heart finds the burdens light because it is acquainted with the will of God. It recognizes that I am not God. You are. And it acknowledges God, even in the most difficult of circumstances. There have been many times I've knelt here during the week and prayed with someone and Pastor Egger and I just did this recently and, and actually we went through this text and, and I said Jesus says come to me all who are weary but this really isn't about the temporal it's eternal rest you see our life is but a mist according to James why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow what is your life your midst that appears for a little while then vanishes. But eternity, the promise of eternity that God offers to us is forever. I'm afraid that far too often we place our trust in things of this world. Our possessions, our family, our health, our health care plans. Our IRAs, our 403Bs. We worry about the future and we take our eyes off of Jesus. And we place them on the things of this world and I'm guilty of this. And our souls are restless. Because our eyes are on all these things. This morning I want to encourage you to focus your eyes on Jesus. Edgar, maybe we could sing that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. We're going to close with a song this morning. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe it's you're at that place where you just are carrying all this guilt and this shame and it's overwhelming to you. 
And there's no rest for your soul. Well, this morning is the day of salvation. I want to encourage you to enter into that second rest. Maybe, maybe there's just the stuff of life. And you've accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord. You're a follower of Christ, but you have to be honest with me. Rex, my eyes is more, is right now is more on the things of this world than they are on Christ. And lately it seems like I've been so worried and fretting and I, there's no rest. My spirit is uneasy. Oh, I know I'm saved. And I know that I've asked the Lord to sanctify me. But today I just want to lay down all that stuff and ask him to give me the rest, the second rest. And allow His Holy Spirit to continue to sanctify me through and through. I surrender my health. I surrender my finances. I surrender my children. I surrender all those things that made me so un, un, so restless in these days. Let's stand together and sing that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.